What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. I guess it took Ole Miss, Ole Miss football putting on full pass for the first time in fall camp to get Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet, back on Talk of Champions by popular demand. Where have you been? And welcome back. What's up, man? Um, I don't think this is all my fault. I think it's um, it's both of our faults. But, um, yeah, it's um, you know, been crazy, man. Busy, um, moved all over the place. So, um yeah, but move to Jackson. For all my Jackson people listening, does it always rain this much in Jackson? My gosh, I feel like I live in Florida. Um, but yeah, we're exciting, exciting times. Ole Miss football, um, you know, back in the fold. Excited to get back on here and, and talk some football. Where have you been as far? Like you say, it's partly my fault too. But just let the people know. How many times have I texted you? Hey, when are we podding again? Oh, well, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it the next day. So when I say where have you been? I'm not saying, hey, where are you physically right now? I'm simply saying, as far as Ole Miss starting football, I have not heard enough from you, Brad, because Ole Miss is back playing football again, and this is the first time we've talked about it together? Well, publicly. Publicly, but still. Yeah, no, dude, like I said, crazy busy. Crazy busy, freaking move. Uh, Up and move. Anytime you move to an area you're not familiar with, it's it's a lot that goes into it. But anyways, aside from that, it's, you know, yeah, exciting times. Ole Miss football coming back. Um seems like we got a lot of talent seems like we got a lot of talent that that they're trying to sort through and um should be should be a fun a fun camp to keep following well from all the people you've talked to coaches players whoever it might be what's the biggest takeaway you've had from the first couple of weeks of practice i think they're just all eager they're all eager to to keep on trying to piece this thing together i think there's a ton of talent um you know and i've heard from multiple coaching staffs um you know, especially in, in reference to our running back, hey, Ole Miss is going to win games because of their running back. Apparently, this Evans kid is that elite. Um, this is coming from multiple staffs. 
um, apparently that he, he is that good. So um, excited to see that, um, you know, and, and I just think that, that, that the, the main, the main common theme is, Hey, very excited to get out there and, and kind of piece it all together. Um, the quarterback competition obviously is a big thing to watch as well, but I, I think they're going to do a good job of, of really covering up both these quarterbacks and really try to run the ball a lot more than even more so, so than we did before. A lot of people listening right now have been listening to us talk about Ole Miss football for a long time, multiple years now, right? And they know, it's no secret, you weren't a huge fan of Jerion Ely as a player. Not that you didn't like him, you just thought he was more complimentary, maybe not that every-down guy or that five-star prospect or that NFL prospect that a lot of people thought him to be. He goes undrafted, by the way. Then Snoop Connor, you loved him. You wanted him to be the lead guy. He's now with the Jaguars. How is Zach Evans different? Or is he kind of a combination of both of them? Even though they have guys behind him like Ulysses Bentley and Kentrell Bullock and Quinshawn Juskins, the true freshman, he's been really good so far, that could step in and take carries and be productive. Why, though, is Zach Evans different, or how can he be an improvement upon what Ole Miss had? Well, I think two things that, that have popped out in conversation with coaches is runs extremely hard, elite speed. Not just fast. Apparently, this kid's got elite speed, so – um, you know, anytime you put that combination together, you know, most guys have either or, you know, one guy maybe maybe pretty fast, but doesn't really run super hard. Kind of kind of my thoughts on Ely or, or one guy runs really hard and just doesn't have that that super, super speed, which is kind of like Snoop. Um, you know, both both were solid backs at Ole Miss, just I don't think that they were, you know, the you know, so to speak, the 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 home run guy, the all around back. And I, it sounds like this Evans kid is that. Um, I'll be excited to see. I'm not going to say I can't say that I've seen them seen them live, so I'm not going to put that on them. But I know just in talking to to, to multiple staffs about the kid, um, you know, people seem to think that with our O line being the way they are, um, you know, decent on paper, had a lot of returning um, experience in that lineup, and with the way he runs the ball, um, you know, he should keep Ole Miss in, in all the games. Apparently, well, the thing about Lane Kiffin, and he said it multiple times before, is that it doesn't matter about who he has, he's always – like the system can evolve. It can adapt to what the personnel is. It's not one of those systems that we're recruiting to a particular system. This is what we run. This is what we do. It's always constantly adaptable and evolving. So if it's constantly evolving, and we remember when they had Elijah Moore, they featured the hell out of Elijah Moore. Last year was a lot more balanced, but Dontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, Jerion, Snoop to an extent. They're, they're different guys that were those guys that they built the offense around. If Zach Evans is the player – that they determine is that dude that they're going to build the offense around, tailor their offense to, adapt their offense to. How does the offense look different? Well, you know, I think, you know, obviously it's going to be more run heavy. And I think that, um, you know, you're going to see a, a lot, a lot more play action type stuff. You know, they're, they're going to want people to think you run the ball. I think you line up and, um, you know, you, you be a little bit hard headed, so to speak. You know, you may have to run on third down like you did last year more. Um, you may try to take the pressure off these quarterbacks. So, um, you know, and I think to that point, you, you're going to see a, a huge adapt, um, you know, whatever adaption in the in the offense, because last year we really didn't have that tight end. And this year you got Trig. I think you're going to see a lot more of the plays you saw when Yaboa was there. But but to an even more extent, I think you're going to see a lot more running, a lot more, um, you know, tight end, tight end um, Pacific plays. And, um, you know, and, and I, I think having a run game, will, that, that if you're going to be strong anywhere, having a great run game is, is the way to do it right now with the way our quarterbacks are. I mean, 
Both guys are very talented, but neither have gotten there and proved, proved themselves in the game. So what better way to take the pressure off of them than, hey, I know I can line up. I'm going to run, you know, my first 15 plays. You know, when you script the game, you usually come out with your first 15 plays and everybody kind of knows, you know, what's the first 15. Well, hey, my first 15, if, if you know, 10 of those are, are, are some form of a run, a zone scheme run, some kind of misdirection, and then, some, then a couple nakeds in there where my quarterback's on the run, well, he gets 15 plays to get into the game. And the really only time he should have to throw, you know, super long would be third down. So, um, you know, having a run game like that is 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 something that can that can really benefit these quarterbacks. Well, you brought up Trig, and you and I were there step by step the entire recruitment process. Trig and Dart, and uh, you kind of got out in front with all the issues or the small hiccup, whatever we want to call it, that delayed their arrivals at Ole Miss. But they're here now, and Michael Trig is kind of in a tight end battle starting competition battle with Casey Kelly and Casey Kelly is not the talent as far as just raw athletic ability as Michael Trigg we all agree on that but Casey Kelly has been in the system a while he's not going to just give it up and right now Michael Trigg is running number two to him which is pretty fascinating once you think about the recruiting pedigree and the effort and financial resources um, used by Ole Miss to bring him in with Jackson Dart who's also wrapped up in a quarterback battle as we all know with Luke Altmaier, and I want to hear what Brad has to say about that too, on the record, because off the record, we've said some things, but I want to know what you think on the record. But Michael Trigg running second to Casey Kelly. We've heard a lot about the blended family stuff from Lane Kiffin. He's talked about culture and working all these new guys in together and bringing them together. And we kind of discount that because talent is talent is talent. But there's been some rumors out there that Michael Trigg is, is kind of uh, had a little bit of an adjustment period as far as adapting to his new place and not falling in line, but the full-on buy-in that you want from all aspects of your team that you never get completely. But, Michael Trigg, do you think it's more Casey Kelly being better than we thought or, uh, you know, really providing that competition that maybe people were not giving him enough credit for with Michael Trigg or Michael Trigg? Look, man, we're, we're kind of sending you a message. You got to settle in. You got to, like, buy in here. What do you think that's more of him running yeah. second team? Um, not even I, I just think the way you look at this is, is they're two different players. They're both going to have totally opposite roles, um, you know, and I can certainly see Kelly starting. And, you know, if we're going to be a run heavy team, um, I mean, you're not going to put Trigg in there to, to do all the dirty work and block. So, you know, every good team has that has that kind of, you know, hard nosed tight end that can block and kind of get, um, you know, kind of get you get you over the first couple downs. And, you know, May, May could catch a few passes. You know, I'm not, not saying Kelly can't catch a few passes, but whenever it's, um, you know, third downs on the line, I can assure you you're going to have Trigg, you know, out wide or, or, or in the slot or, or running the seam, so to speak. Um, and, and that's just – I mean, that's just the way it goes. He's not – I don't think Trigg is ready to be a, an every down tight end. He's just – he's too skinny right now um, in my mind. But, you know, I think they, the plan would be in the next, you know, two years or so. Uh, maybe he gets to that, but yeah, I mean, you, you can't just think that he's going to be a, um, you know, the only tight end out there. Kelly's an older guy. He's a veteran. He's going to, he's going to certainly have his role. Um, but you know, when, when it comes down to it, if, if we're all, if we're at third down, um, you, you're going to, you're going to have Trig in the game, ready, ready to catch a pass. Yeah. Cause you're going to match him up against linebackers and whoever else he's yeah, in. And that, that also keeps him fresh too. I mean, do, do you really need Trig to, to do a whack block and come and try to cut a D in? No, Kelly's better than him at that right now. I mean, that's yeah. There's there's no question there. And, and I, yeah, and it's not like Kelly can't catch it. That's the cool thing about it. Kelly could still go get some of the intermediate stuff. But when we're trying to stretch the field, um, you know, it, it's going to be Trig in there. You know, and, and one thing else, one thing that I did see mentioned in an article 
not the other day. And I, I said this before, nobody has has really put any stock into this, but I've said this because I've, I've played in different locations across the U S the heat is a real issue. And that, I thought that I thought that coming in, I was like, man, I can't wait to see dart in the summer trig in the summer. You know, it's gonna be a real adjustment for these guys. And I think I said this on a pod, um, you know, when they were first coming in, um, that's a real thing, man. Like this Mississippi heat and training camp, I can assure you as much different than a West coast training camp. Um, you know, I've, I've been in one in Seattle. Um, you know, th- this heat, you know, it, it can make it can make you make you cower down a little bit at times. And if I had to guess, both those guys are are, are really, really struggling with that and, and really struggling to get, get used to that. It does take a while to get used to that kind of heat. All right. So two weeks in, not full two weeks, but the second week of fall camp is what Ole Miss is in now, first day of full pads. Where are you right now in the Ole Miss quarterbacks? You know, man, I think it's the same. I, I'm going to try to make the make the scrimmage this weekend so I can give a, a real fair assessment. Um, I've just kind of seen, you know, just like just like everybody else, I've kind of seen articles, you know, talked a little bit with with some people. Um, I, I still think it's pretty even. I think I think you you have this. I think you have one player that's been here a little bit longer that that is playing the game, you know, safer and playing a little bit, you know. He, he, he's not going to take the big risk. Whereas you got a mega talent like Dart, who's a little bit wild. Um, probably, if I had to guess, he's probably getting a little better. He's probably getting a little more comfortable. Your hope is someone like Dart can play the game correctly. You know, take what's given to him. You know, essentially manage the team without taking massive risk and 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 fatal risk that causes you causes you to lose the game. And that's that's what you want to see. Um, it's not, no knock on Altmeyer. He's he's a solid player too. But I think if you look at the actual arm talent of Dart, you look at um, you know what his upside, what his ceiling is. You're hoping that that works out. But if not, you know, hey, I have a quarterback that can win games. I just, me personally, I don't, I I, I don't see a, a Luke Altmeyer going into a big SEC stadium in a, in a big meaningful game, winning that game for us. I just don't. Um, I think it. Yeah, takes but it. why? But why? Because, like, if you call Jackson Dart, and I'm not stumping for either one of them, I don't care. I just want the best player to get the job and for all of us to win as many games as possible. Because I said you weren't on the podcast a week or so ago. But after that first practice, when I walked out there, because I've gone out there on the first day of camp for 15 years. It's some crazy amount of time now. And the first day of practice, I've never been more impressed with the look of a team as far as, all right, if the goal is make it to Atlanta, make it to the SEC championship game in Atlanta, I've never walked out of a practice, the first practice of fall camp, and just gotten a general, very anecdotal look at a team and said, man, that's the best-looking team. Yes, I feel most confident about that team. If at the end of the year you said they're going to end up in Atlanta, I feel the most confident about this team than any team, and that includes Laquan and Laramie and Rob and them, just as far as the depth of talent, right, and how much, how many dudes they have at each spot. Now, there are a few that you could nitpick like a linebacker, but really, like, the look of this team is totally different than other teams because they did such a good job in recruiting, especially the transfer portal. And, and you say, like, D- Jackson Dart. It's all contingent on the quarterback is why I bring that up. And you say Jackson Dart is a mega talent. Well, then what is Luke Altmaier? And, and are we discounting him, right? Are we discounting his actual talent and what he can be just because there is a little bit of a recency bias or recruiting bias or whatever, USC bias from Jackson Dart and his pedigree and having played more – in actual games and Luke who only got the sugar ball. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at, at look at look at body type, look at look at the pop on the arm. 
Um, I, I just think Dart just is better in, in that aspect. Now, that doesn't say Luke can't win games. Don't get in there and people think I don't like like Luke Altmaier. I, I definitely like him. But when it comes to, to beating in Alabama, when it comes to being in a, a team that's going to roll out elite athletes, I just feel like you, you're, you're hoping Dart works out. Now, if, if he doesn't, you, and I want to be proved wrong. I, I was wrong about Matt. Heck, I mean, I didn't think Matt Corral was going to be the way he was, he was, you know, ended up being because based off what I saw. And that's what I'm doing with Luke based off what I've saw, seen. I mean, I, is he a good, good player? Yeah. But Luke Altmaier is going to need a lot of players around him as well. And I think it just in, in my observation of both of them throwing and the way they move, um, I just think Dart looks looks the better part. He looks like he has more of the it. All right. In team play today, Jackson Dart was one for five with the completion being a swing pass to running back Kentrell Bullock. This is from Chuck Ronsville, my coworker at the Oldman Spirit, OldmanSpirit.com, and on 3com His practice report, he does daily practice reports, the most comprehensive practice reports on the internet about Ole Miss and fall camp practices. So check it out. Sign up for a sub right now to the Ole Miss Spirit. You get, a, I think, a month for a dollar and a year for 10. I mean, it's ridiculous. So sign up right now and you get all this good stuff. But in team play today, Jackson Dart, one for five. His completion was a swing pass to Kentrell Bullock, the running back. Luke Altmaier was four for seven. Long touchdown to J.J. Henry. Um, and as Chuck writes, in Dart's defense, he had two seven-on-seven periods today when he seemed to be very comfortable. He completed a high percentage of passes. But at some point, even if you call him the mega talent and you say he's just dripping with raw athletic ability, look what he did at USC. When does production just – you have to go with it, you know? Like you have to go with the one that is doing it. One for five isn't going to cut it, right? And not to say four for yeah. seven is necessarily better because that one could be a long touchdown while this four could be – four completions that result in 14 yards. I get that. But at what point is production the determining factor rather than what he could be if he's not doing it? Does that make sense? What, what how much stock can we put in one for five in a practice drill where – It was just – it was just picking no, – I was just picking a day. I was picking a day. Here's, picking what, you, a day, here's, what, picking a okay. here's what you have to listen to, okay? So I have been through thousands, thousands of football practices and I can assure you there's certain drills where I can't block people because of what the drill is. And there's certain certain areas of the day that are much tougher. Now, when when you are when you are out there and both the offensive and defensive coordinator has a script, um, and they're they're calling certain plays because they want the 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 quarterback to see certain looks. They want, I mean, practice is so hard to 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 keep a stat on. Okay, how many times so so, so there's certain periods in the day where you line up and it's called, and it's like third down, it's blitz period. Okay, you do 12 straight blitzes. There will never be a time in the game where you go where you have 12 straight third downs with blitzes coming. Okay, now now that's why it's so hard to put a stat and in practice. Now now did they line up in scrimmage and, and and neither the offensive or defensive coordinator had a script? Give me those stats. Give me those stats when you don't have every play scripted by what every defense is being ran. Give me the stats of when they play an actual role game, and that's the ones that are going to matter the most. And I'm not saying either or is going to be better at either, but but I don't give two craps what their stats were in a drill. Um, I care what they do whenever whenever both teams are, are evenly calling plays without the other, um, you know, scripting it. So I mean, it, it could have been a period where hey, darts in there for these first ten plays. We're going to give him all the blitz he's really struggled with the most so to try to get him better. And he may look like crap in those, but, hey, whenever he goes back to film, he's going to learn from those blitzes. And, and when he actually gets it in the game, maybe he executes it. So practice, uh, I can't – I mean, it is it is what it, it, it's there for a reason. It's there to evaluate the talent. It's there to make players better so when it counts on – so when you get out there on Saturday, you make it count. 
This is why I missed you, man. You can contextualize a practice report. See, you can't do the whole disappearing thing. I know you're busy, but you can jump <laughs> on with your friend, Ben, and all your Ole Miss fans that love you and your friends from Ole Miss. Oh. They can listen to you break down something. Because like when when a average person, a normal person, who isn't consumed with football all day, every day, they read that in a practice report, they go, oh, man, Luke Altmyer was better, but not necessarily. I mean, you know, it – it is what it is. It's just one of those things where it, uh, the only way we're going to find this battle and people have have to realize this, the only way this thing's going to get settled is on the field is always is in an actual game. When one of them get hit in the freaking mouth in a big game, which one can, can lead the team down the field, which one, I mean, you look at Matt Corral, what he did all last year. I mean, the dude was just absolutely relentless. Like he was great in the games. I mean, he was great under pressure. I mean, he was a gamer, dude. He really was a gamer. That's what it's going to come down to. I mean, it's going to sort itself out. I don't give a crap what these guys are doing in practice versus teams that know each other. Um, I mean, it's just it, – it's ridiculous. I don't. I mean, it, the, you, you can see the talent. Uh-oh, you know, are you getting arrested? Dude, what in the ever-living shit? No, we uh, got to keep recording. We're not going to stop recording. This is great. I mean, that's a full-on tornado. So I hear again in Jackson. Oh, it's a tornado. I thought it was like a cop. To, to my people in Jackson, is this Florida? Like, good grief. But anyways, so, yeah, it, it's it's going to get sorted out. My, my point is it's going to get sorted out in the games. And it may take us a couple of games because we have a week schedule to start. But when we get in that SEC play, you're going to know, as a fan, you, you've watched a lot of games, people watch a lot of games, it's going to show up which one can actually play in the game. And if it's and if it's dark, it's dark. If it's Altmaier, it's Altmaier. It's going to be one of them, but it's going to have to be sorted out on the field in an SEC game or in a big football game, and you're going to know which one has that it and which one doesn't. I don't care that that that, that the defense coordinator scripting a blitz that's confusing Jackson Dart um, versus the perfect play call or versus whatever. It just that that's irrelevant, man. So what you're saying, and if I'm wrong, you can tell me, is there's no way a quarterback, starting quarterback, is named in the next couple of weeks. This is going into the season. So the, the questions about, all right, how the quarterbacks look today, just give it up. It's not going to be settled anytime soon. They're well, not going to settle it until games is, are played. What I would say is they may, they may announce one, but that that's that's going to be etched in, in pencil. You know what I mean? Like it could be – you could announce one. And listen, I've seen these players, man. I've seen multiple players that are unreal in practice, but they ain't crap in the game. They, it's it's unbelievable. Like it, it, is, it is definitely a thing. So what I'm saying is whoever they name, don't put a ton of stock in it because it, it, the battle is going to go on until one of the guys gets in the game and makes it impossible for Kiffin to pull them out. Where it's like, yeah. hey, I'm put, I'm throwing 300 yards this week and four touchdowns, and, hey, I, I still suck in that blitz drill in practice. You know, but but when, when the game comes, it's on. So that's how it's going to get sorted out. You know, and if they both get in the game and they're dead average, well, it, it's a time to move on. <laughs> it's time to get a transfer guy or something. So it, it, it'll be sorted out in time. And the thing that Ole Miss has got the benefit of is a soft early schedule, a soft-ish early schedule to where you, you're afforded this benefit of playing both guys if you need to. Yeah, it's not no. like you're starting in Atlanta against Boise or whoever it might be. And that's the hope. The hope is we build, we build some confidence and get some game experience and, and we get that swag, okay, hey, I feel good about it. And then, you know, obviously you're going to step into some tougher games, but – but you really want to get in there and get comfortable and kind of let these guys find themselves, so to speak. Um, you know, and yeah, I, I think it, it will sort itself out. That's why I, I, I mean, I've been watching it, but I haven't been putting a ton of stock into to either war. Like I, I don't care who they roll out there. I just want to win games. 
Honestly, like, and it, oh, I'm think, the same way. I don't care who it is. Just, yeah, I, I really don't either. I do not care. I think, you know, I think one's got a little bit more, you know, athleticism and talent, and the other is, um, you know, seems to be playing more playing well. cerebral. Is Luke Altmaier? How about that cerebral? Yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> yeah. He just, I, I don't know. It'll sort itself out, and and, and whoever it is, um, you know, I'll definitely support. And you know, if it's Luke Altmaier, I'll, I guess I'll get a Luke Altmaier jersey. So I feel like I owe it to him. Okay. That's, that's got to happen. If Luke Altmaier wins this thing, first game he starts, you got to wear it to an old no. Shelvin bought him anyway. As, as soon as Luke Altmaier steps and beats an SEC team and balls out, I'll put on an Altmaier jersey for show. Okay. All right. It's like the Kool-Aid shirt, uh, shirts you wore to Omaha. Same kind I mean, of thing. And here's the sad part. Is I'll I think be wearing you need to just keep Altmaier wearing that. jersey for the next uh, – I'll have to wear the Altmaier jersey for like three years if he's really good, too. That's the bad part. So. Well, with Jackson, it'll have to be, too. He ain't going to wear. Yeah. Well, it, it, this it'll be interesting. It'll all play itself out. It'll be I good. know. I know. I think that you just need to stick with the Kool-Aid shirt that you wore to Omaha. Because now that that became a thing and we were like the Kool-Aid guys and they won a national championship, why would you take it? It's like wearing a lucky sock when you're going to play games. Or wearing my lucky jock strap. You can't take the Kool Aid thing <laughs> off. You got to see if like it extends to football. But is that baseball specific, or or do you think no. we, we put it into into football as well? No, we can put it into football. Of course we can. It's been a thing around Ole Miss. You know the Ole Miss spirit for Kool Aid. <laughs> but I've never agreed with that. I pushed back against that. But it's fine. During the national championship, I did not handle myself in a professional manner. I fully acknowledge that. After Ole Miss won a national championship and I went down on the field, you, you could not – you could have not picked me out of all the other people celebrating. And everybody else, you know, in the media, my buddies, Nick Suss and all them, they're very professional with their MacBooks in their hands and their ties and they're standing there very stoically. And I'm bouncing around like a big idiot. So what I'm saying is the Kool-Aid thing, definitely I leaned into it, you leaned into it, but they won the national championship. It's not baseball specific. It's just, oh, the Ole Miss spirit could be a little Kool-Aid-y. Oh, sure, but this is supposed to be stupid and fun. So what I say is let's just extend it on into football. And if in football you you commit to the Kool-Aid stuff again and they win a national championship, that's the shit of legend, man. Could you imagine if oh Ole Miss God. football won a national title? No. Listen, I had so much fun baseball. Not only did I, I become much poorer by, <laughs> by, by, by having going on that trip, I I had the I had a damn good time. I really did. I mean, and Football, I, I don't even know. I mean, because because that path is <laughs> that's that's a brutal path. But yeah, that would be a um, celebration for the ages. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance. And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group. And he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. 0186 and tell them that Ben sent you for a no cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group.
Your Ole Miss baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car. Well, the only place to buy a car in Oxford, Mississippi is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They'll get you in the car you want at a price point that you can afford. Give them a call today, 662-234-8000. Ask for Brian or Mason to tell them to Talk of Champions sent you, because now Talk of Champions actually makes sense. Ole Miss Baseball won a national championship, and they'll get you in your dream car with your Ole Miss Omaha Magnet planted right there on the driver's side door. They're located at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Contact them today, 662-234-8000. That's Alan Samuels, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of the national champion. Talk of Champions podcast. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Look at what they did on the square when Ole Miss baseball won a national championship. And I know that baseball is the number two sport at Ole Miss. Still, multiply that by 10, 100, and that's what it would be like. They would be packing the square. It wouldn't just be the square. They'd be going all the way down University Avenue. I mean, you'd have have to do the parade starting at like Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and then roll that thing on down University, take a right, it'd be insane. And I so mean, I think thing, I think you would even have state fans dressed in Ole Miss clothes, just or you'd have state fans there just to be a part of it and also to be cynically. A part <laughs> <of it. laughs> How did we get off on on Ole Miss winning a national title? Oh, boy. because Kool Aid, Kool Aid. I mean, I mean, good. Never right. going away. Here, here Why we not? Are, August 9th, and we're talking Ole Miss winning a national on, title. We, we haven't even decided who the quarterback is yet. Hold on, hold on. It's August 9th, two thousand twenty-two. That's objectively true. However, all right. Ole Miss in a major sport, in baseball, the, the sport that probably frustrated you, at least in the 2000s, more than even football, has won a national championship. So, if anything is possible, why not? 
What else are we going to talk about? Yes, Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier in a quarterback competition, but it's nothing. You admitted it. Nothing is changing well, right now. Let, let's do this then. What, what has to happen for Ole Miss to do that? Oh, what man. what exactly has to go right for Ole Miss to win that national title? Jackson Dart or Luke Altmaier have to be not Matt Corral, but Matt Corral light because I feel like this group and these quarterbacks have more talent around them than Matt did. Is that crazy? No, I, I say I say the quarterback has to be like like essentially blow our mind. That's number one. Oh, so you think I, they have to be like Matt? They have to. Yeah, be. no, no, they they have to be, they have to be like Matt. They're going to be like Matt, I think. And secondly, we have this random, this randomly nobody even talked about this defense that was top ten in the nation in turnovers and um and yards. Random top ten defense with yeah. a Matt Corral type quarterback. And it's just like and you know what's crazy is, is I love the defense coordinator. I love his attitude. Like he's kind of giving me those vibes of like, all right, like we're gonna have a really tough defense again. Hope I'm you know, I hope I'm right about that. But that's that's kind of what the way I'm feeling. I'm like, man, this dude's kind of got some I think you can get these guys ready. And if you look at the talent across the board over there, um, uh, I feel kind of good about that. Well, since we're pumping Kool-Aid, you and hear a hot take. I'm not saying the top end is the best it's ever been. I could pick out some dudes that play defense for Ole Miss. I'm not saying the top end is as good or the best it's ever come. But top to bottom, the depth of options that Ole Miss has defensively, that defensive coordinator Chris Partridge has at his disposal – is the best Ole Miss has ever had defensively, top to bottom. I'm not saying the top end is – if you took the best players, let's say DeAndre Prince, Cedric Johnson, Jared Ivey, I don't know, Kari Coleman, Ashanti Seastrong, A.J. Finley, pick your guys. I don't think they're as good as Mike Hilton or Sinquez Golson in his 11, 10, 11 interception season when he was an All-American. Top end, maybe it's not that. It's not. But depth of options, Ole Miss has never had this kind of depth. It would be J.J. Pegues was brought in, and he's a no-doubt slam dunk starter. And right now he's running with K.D. Hill. They, they would have found a way to put both of them on the field, and they have other options at defensive tackle, so those guys can compete. And defensive end, they've got options. Jared Ivey's not guaranteed anything, even though he's a productive player coming from Georgia Tech. Kari Coleman at linebacker, same thing. In the secondary, they have never had this many good players that could play, really play, um, in a game in the secondary. There are no Cliff Coleman's. No disrespect to Cliff Coleman. You're the first thing that popped in my head. But Cliff Coleman played a lot of snaps, and he's not necessarily SEC quality. And if you look at the fourth cornerback at Ole Miss right now, it's Davis and Igbenosin. Davis and Igbenosin, if you watch him, there are three players that I knew immediately, four players, four players immediately, they were going to be NFL players. Laramie Tunsil, Laquan Treadwell, Tony Connor, and Nick Brazel. We know what happened with Nick. We know what happened with Tony, but the other two ended up in the pros. Davis and Igbenosin looks like a pro. You, he has that look. So if he's your fourth cornerback, the depth of options are just different. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think the, I think the depth is, is certainly there. Um, it's a matter of who's – I'll be interested to see who kind of like steps up and is like that guy. You know what I mean? Like we have a bunch of guys who we think are going to be that guy. Um, but I'll be interested to see. I, I think the secondary is pretty impressive, man. I I've, I've, I remember years when almost secondary would be like – the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. And like this year, I'm like, dude, we have guys for days back there um, that are really good players. So um, it'll be cool to see them piece it all together. Um, but anyway, I mean, the, again, my point is if, if we're going to win a national championship, which 
I mean, we are getting off in the weeds. I mean, we are <laughs> we have, we are gallons deep of Kool Aid here. We're talking about national. I haven't talked to you football. on a podcast. Yeah, I'm Bryant. just saying we're in. We're talking about national championships. What Ole Miss has to do to win a national championship? This is great. I I, I totally appreciate this. Ole Miss and, baseball and, is a yeah. national champion. Anything is possible. Mike Bianco <laughs> led Ole Miss baseball to a national championship with no doubt, inarguably, not one of his best teams. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> so that's what they won 10 of 11 in the postseason. Anything is possible. If Ole Miss wants to win a national championship, the quarterback is going to have to be a lot better than any of us ever thought, and the defense is going to have to be top 10-ish. I disagree. I think they only have to be that good in, like, the Alabama game. Well, we're talking about winning a national championship, so you're going to have to be very good. Once you get – I mean, Alabama – really, all of them are going to – all the SEC games are going to be really good like that. You have to get to Atlanta then when, first. Then when you get, you the have to get to Atlanta first, the... though. You have to get to Atlanta first, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're going to have to get through some pretty – to win the national championship, you're going to have to get through some pretty elite competition. Yeah, we're off in the weeds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When Brad and I get together, the Kool-Aid shirts come on, and this is kind of what, what happens. First, first full day of pads, you went through many of these, especially at Ole Miss. What, is there anything special, or do we kind of make it out to be more than it is? Do y'all look forward to it as players? Um, I, I particularly liked it just because it, uh, it's a little easier for O-linemen. It slows down the D-linemen, and you got something to kind of hit and grab onto. I liked it um, for the simple fact that, you know, it's real football, and that's kind of – you know, there's some guys that are, like I said, really good in shorts, really good at seven-on-seven seven stuff, but, like, they really ain't that good when they get smacked in the mouth. And that was always my thing. Like, all right, I can't wait to use some, some physical ability and actually hit some of these guys and – um you know, kind of tire them down instead of them running over here in a T-shirt, running their 4-4. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I, I wish I wish they would do full pads more um, than, they, than they do. I think it would benefit the O-line, um, you know, for sure. It takes O-line a lot longer to get um, get acclimated to to what they're going to have to be doing. You just simply can't get that look in, in you know, jerseys and, a, um, you know, with a bag. You know, I know you see all these 7-on-7 seven camps where kids are, you know, st- sitting up right with their hands, punt, like, dude, that's all bull crap. You got to you gotta have them on your pads and and, and play it play it out how, how it is. So, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, people get a little nervous. The first couple of days are kind of, you know, whatever. You're kind of hyped up, you know, a little bit nervous, whatever. But then after you get going, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's pretty much the norm. You kind of kind of get used to it. Well, here's the thing about the practice stuff. It's the old football adage. We're blowing a hole in the old football adage that practice makes perfect. That's not true. If practice made perfect, Devin Thomas would be Adrian Peterson. <laughs> oh, man. You bring up so many names of guys that I literally completely forgot about. Yeah. yeah. Devin was fine. He was stiff. He was just a little, little He was guy. really good in practice. Yeah, that's how a lot I'm of guys are. I'm knocking Devin. Dude, there's, awesome. there's a guy. I won't name his name because he's actually on TV. He's unbelievable to block in practice. Like, he was unreal. Like, it was almost a running joke. He would get, like, five sacks of practice. And I think career he had, like, five total. And he played almost 10 years or something crazy. That Maybe Carlton less than Martin? That. No, I'm, I'm not. This guy, that Carlton Martin's not on TV. I know. Um, I can't put it together. No, Wait, is, is it an old player? This, no, this is an oh. NFL player. Um, but, yeah, you couldn't. You can't block the guy. Oh, Emmanuel and, Ocho. 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 No, I'm not saying oh. any – any name stop trying to pull a name out of me it is he was just very hard to block in in the game he never sacked the quarterback ever anyways my my point is 
you know, the practice all Americans is what you call them, or you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I want to see it in a game and in pads. Has your opinion changed at all? Because you haven't got to see it in person enough, I guess, to really formulate an opinion. But has your opinion changed at all in the first two weeks of camp about what Ole Miss's record might be? Like, what was it going into camp, and what is it now? I'm still right where I was. I still think this is a seven or eight win team, and if things are better than we think, we could get back to ten. I think it's a seven and eight win team for two reasons. Two, one, our schedule is extremely. If we aren't six and one or seven and zero to start, then we have big issues. Um, yeah, we have big issues going into this. The real meat of the SEC schedule. And secondly, there's a lot of talent here, but this is their first year together. Now, if this team can win, you know, nine, ten games where they are right now, considering what all we're going to have back, considering what we're probably going to add, look out. Ole Miss will have their expectations will be through the roof the following year, especially if one of these quarterbacks can step up and be the guy and they're so young and you're looking like, okay, we have a sophomore quarterback next year and we won 10 games the year before. I mean, I think you're looking at some, some amazing times at Ole Miss, but, but in my mind, I think seven or eight wins would be a really good year. And then going into the next year, it's like, okay, we got almost everybody back. We see, we have a, a whole bunch of talent. We have some young guys that'll be, um, you know, getting better under the offensive line room. You got some some really good talent in there that's young, um, you know. And then you're going to add some portal guys in there as well, and um, that that'll just make it even that much better. But you know, I think I think you seventy wins would, would be a good year and being very competitive in 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 the big games um, because because my my thought is this season solid. The next season, if all goes well and the development it happens the way it should, I mean, Ole Miss should have really, really good expectations. See, here's my thing. The way I view record predictions and forecasting the future of programs has completely changed. And the reason it's changed is because of the portal. If they pass this, there's the NCAA, that players can leave whenever they want to. There's no restriction. It's not just one-year penalty-free. Transfer whenever, however many times you want to. You have to start looking at it then on a year-by-year basis. You have to start considering roster construction on a year-to-year basis. So I can't even think about what Olbus is going to be next year. And, okay, well, if all this goes right, well, they'll be back next year. Not necessarily. If Jackson Dart didn't start every single game, he can leave and go to BYU. Luke Altmaier, yeah. same thing. Uh, Zach Evans leaves, goes pro. Ulysses Bentley says, you know what, this wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. I'm going to leave. Well, now you're restarting every single year. It's year-to-year roster construction, and those transfer portal guys will be brought in to fill spots. Quinshawn Jenkins is getting rave reviews early in fall camp. He's also having to contend with Zach Evans, who you said is the best player potentially on this team, um, Kentrell Bullock, and Ulysses Bentley. So what if he doesn't get enough carries? He goes, you know what? I can get more dominant carries. I'm a good back by going and stepping in at Alabama. Not Alabama, but Auburn or maybe Mississippi State, whatever it might be. I can go Love back to it. one of these places and get more carries. So it could be – so if I look at this team and how it's constructed and what it can be, high end, it could go to Atlanta. And if it goes to Atlanta, we all know what comes with that. You win in Atlanta, you're probably getting the college football playoff. Now we're talking about that national championship that sounds so unrealistic because we're not used to Ole Miss football in that conversation. But year to year, under Lane Kiffin, this is what they've been. They've been cont- – I mean, they won 10 games last year. 10 games, we all just kind of sneeze at that. If Ole Miss won 10 games – in 2012, we were, were throwing a parade for them in the square, just like the Ole Miss baseball team. And last year, they went 10 games. They were like, eh. I mean, they went to the Sugar Bowl. What else can they do? 
I feel like this team can match that, but you're right. It all comes back to the quarterbacks and which one emerges. I do think there's a little bit more room for error at quarterback for Jackson, Dart, and Luke Almar because the talent around them is better, especially on defense, keeping teams out of the end zone. Matt Corral wasn't afforded that luxury all that much. I mean, there were times when he had to win games, you know, 50 to 49. Um, yeah. So now, like, these quarterbacks have that. They have that luxury of knowing their defense can make stops and not everything falls to them in every single game. When Matt Corral went down in the Sugar Bowl, we all knew it was over. It was a wrap. And Luke Altmaier went in there and he played well. But Matt Corral was the entire program. I feel like this team is well-equipped for it to get to Atlanta. But also, what, what the floor is for them, in my opinion, just like you said, seven, eight wins because of the schedule. So next year, we can't even think about next year. We don't know if Quinshawn Jenkins or whoever it might be, Davis and Igbenosin, who's balling out right now. If the NCAA changes this and allows anybody and everybody to leave whatever they want to, you have to go year by year. All right, well, what does Ole Miss football look like this year compared to last year? Because the names are going to change. And the, the personnel, the coaches, I mean – both off seasons, Lane Kiffin's completely overturned his coaching staff. So I'm looking at singular years. That's how I focus on it. Singularly, this team, compared to the environment it's in, its schedule, all things considered, does it have a real chance? Yes, it does. It does. And that's why it's not ridiculous to say if things go right, almost can win a national championship. Of course it can. Of course it can. Because look at the talent and all the things we've kind of laid out. Yes, some things have to go right. But they could not go right, and they don't do that. But if to say that or dismiss it out outright or dis dismiss it offhand, I think would be kind of stupid. Ben, I don't know what you're seeing at practice, but I'm excited to see it because, my goodness, dude, you are immersed. I mean, you you are literally uh, what I what what I envision you talking right there. I, I envision you in a dunk tank full of Kool Aid, and literally, like yeah. you're just your mouth was above it while you were talking right there, like that. I mean, we are you are Rowdy. literally making a point. I, I am I am I am want to see these quarterbacks first. I, I'm I will I would say seven or eight wins. Um, you know these guys don't have the. I mean, you look at their career stats. Um, I I I'm I'm not quite to the Atlanta yet. Oh, I'm now, not I either. I'm just saying they do them. have that kind of upside. Anyway, here, here's the best part about this. Here's the best part about this okay. is okay. we're gonna get out here and we're gonna do the typical Ole Miss thing. This is this is great. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this. I'm going to do this this year. I'm telling you right now. We are going to get out and we are going to destroy Troy, Tulsa, and some of these other teams. And oh, it's, I mean, in our minds, baby, we're going. We're going to Atlanta. You see how good we were? Like, and then we're going to go play. It's never fails. We get Auburn, one of those other, and it's going to be, it's going to be like, oh boy. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe we need to pull back a little bit. Now, don't worry though. The first, first five or six games, though, I'm going to be like Ole Miss Ghostly. Natty. Don't worry. And then, yeah. then we're going to play a real team and we're going to look very normal. And we're gonna be like, oh man, just like this, like this past year when we played Alabama, it was like, yeah, man, I, I think we beat him this week. We got him. <laughs> okay. And, and Lane Kiffin takes pump, off pump the headphones, the flings them at the sideline. Yeah, flings popcorn. Pop whatever. Get your popcorn ready. Okay. Yeah. It's twenty-one to nothing. It's the first quarter. So oh, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. You know, I, I'm in my head. I'm thinking, hey. I'm going to have a great time at the freaking Citrus Bowl this year. Like, it's going to be – that will be a big win for me. Is it still if we are better Citrus than that. Bowl? Is it the Citrus Bowl? What are I they called? I don't it, know. I don't know. Outback Bowl, let's go, baby. Bring it. Let's go. I'm, I'm going to Florida for this. Well, here, here's the deal, though. If Ole Miss only wins seven or eight games, you can't take what they did this year and then forecast it to next year because it could be a completely different team is what I'm saying. Completely they, different. You're right, but not everybody's going to transfer. Like, I mean, it, it, it's – we don't know. If you, if you if you if you got a player that was good and produced, I mean, he should be back. Um, 
I mean, like a dart. Can a dart transfer again? If he can transfer again, then I, I quit. Like, well, I that's mean, what I'm saying. The NCAA is is considering, or if not, inching closer and closer to implementing a anybody can transfer at any time rule. Why? Why? Because the NCAA, they're reactive and they're petty and they're cynical and they suck. Yeah, ruin football, ruin college football. Congrats. Like, yeah, I mean, does does people not enjoy the story of like? I get to follow a kid for four years and like he gets better. Like he, he becomes a part of the program. Like this is crazy. What the, so the you don't like the now. idea of an AFC and NFC, which is the sec and the big 10 and free agency, the money's all you, that's not appealing to you. No, not in college. It's not, that's well, not why yourself. you watch college football. Well, that's why, not why you watch college football. It's I'm telling you what's you're going to see. It's, it's already started to happen with Alabama and some of these other teams that are consistently in the top four. Now that money's involved. I mean, literally like who's won the women's national championship in basketball this year, UConn. I, I understand. Like that's what it's going to be like every year. Okay. Who's the, who's the four teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Okay. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be like that in football. It's going to get even worse. That's what's crazy. Why do they want that? Like if that's the case, they should just literally make, you should just make like conference. You should make a mini. You should connect it to the NFL. And make it. Well, you, you, you're not thinking league. about the right way. The NCAA doesn't want this. They're being petty because they know they just wanted to cling to power, right? So rather than actually be forward looking and try to do things and implement policy and rules and stuff that I, that would actually move the sport forward and address its issues in a positive and productive way, they just went, "Oh, y'all want transfers? Well, here anybody can transfer. Oh, y'all want here? They're just being petty." Rather, and that's why the SEC taking a lead role in all this in the Big Ten too, to an extent, is important because the NCAA needs to go away completely. There needs to be guardrails on everything, not just players leaving, but also coaches' salaries. Not necessarily caps, but my God, these have become ridiculous numbers. That if I'd have told you back in 1995 that the head coach at Ole Miss was making seven million, go, oh my God, what? What? Mm. That's this absurd. That's absurd. It's Ole Miss is bigger than the blah, 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 blah. But really, Lane Kiffin is bigger than Ole Miss right now. He is the brand for Ole Miss. So everything we, we've considered to be what we cared about with college sports has changed. And the NCAA hasn't helped it, which it's supposed to do, because they're supposed to be the guardians of the game, but they're not. They're just a bunch of power-hungry, lame ass wipes that don't know how to do anything forward-looking at all. So there you go. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Good point. There you go. Well, it's good to hear from you. Hey, can you promise that, like, I won't hear from you for like a month? We'll do our next show. We can like do another yeah, one on baby. Thursday. Okay, back to two, two times a week. Let's go. We're back on. We're back. You on. heard it. He just it's put it season. on record. That's a verbal contract. Verbal contract twice <laughs> a week. So if you don't, I'm going to sue you for your golf simulator. Hey, post post game show this year. Um, we should figure out if we should go live. Should we do the live post game show? Um, where we can do video, or do we do you know do we do what we did last year? Live video, live video. Yeah, I, I think feel we, like I think you we... and I immediately after a game that Ole Miss loses would be Jeff's oh. kiss content. Yeah, I'm known to say some things after a loss yeah. that can that can you know. I, I mean, I get pretty mad. I get pretty mad after calling you. Hey, Brad, uh, when do you want to record? Man, you need to give me like 40 minutes. Oh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm fired up. I'm angry. Oh, I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, we'll just get you like, we'll get you some, what are those stress balls that you can, or maybe one of those those, uh, stress squishies, or the kids, they all use these poppets. Get you a poppet, calm you down, then we'll record. I feel like every time I get around my dad, I'm just like mad. Sometimes, like, I look at him, I'm like, why? 
why did you only bring us the Ole Miss games our whole life and get us emerged with this this crap? Like, why? But that's what he did. So that's you know now now I'm mad. Now I'm watching Alabama fan. Like if you were raised an Alabama fan, can you imagine? I guess everybody gets discontent though. Even Alabama fans are like, oh, we got to get back and win one. Oh my God, Ole Miss would just be thankful (laughs) for one. You and I would die happy. We'd be fine. Oh man, like. Now, and now you're sitting there mad, like like my wife and my wife don't get it. You know what I mean? Like she looks at me, she's like, "Why? These are, these are kids. These are kids. Why are you mad?" I'm like, I, I don't know. It's all I've ever done is get mad at at games. Like I get happy too. Don't get me wrong, but like, why are you? Why are your? Why is your day ruined because some eighteen year olds beat each other in college? Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't because know. Ole Miss is a part of your identity. Yeah, man. I know. I know. I know. It's just yeah. Anyways, but. It, a post game show. Our point is a post game show with raw emotion would be, um, yeah, would would be would be interesting. Well, twice a week you've already agreed to it in a verbal contract, and then the post game show side by side emotional ass Ben and emotional ass Brad. Whew, oh, man, great. Should be another Blue Delta Jeans post game show. We got to get get Nick back on the on the horn and and um, get us a BDJ sponsor. That sounded dirty, even though it shouldn't have, but it did. BDJ, <laughs> the BDJs. Let me get one of the BDJs. Hey. All right, that's <laughs> it. He's Bradley Sal. I'm Ben Garrett. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk again. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.